You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to Versus Mike History. I am your host, Mike History. In episode 108, Scott joins the podcast to discuss Envy of New York. We get into the origins of the brand and what preceded it, where he draws inspiration when it comes to design, the skillful art of assembling a team, and more. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. Subscribe to our newsletter for brand updates and podcast recommendations. And join our members-only community on Patreon for access to exclusive content. For everything else, go to VersusMikeHistory.com. Peace, family. Welcome to another episode of Versus Mike History. I am your host, Mike History. And today we got Scott of Envy of New York in the building. What's going on, brother? Yes, yes. What's going on, brother? It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, so I'm just here to, you, you know, talk fashion, talk black designers, talk um, everything. So uh, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and then we're going to go ahead and hop in. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my name is Scott Bill King. I am the creative director and CEO of Envy of New York, which is Envy for short. Uh, we've been around since 2018. Uh, I got a full team going strong behind me. Um, and yeah, we, we're based out of New York, of course, Brooklyn, uh, to be exact. And I mean, I'm, I'm just happy to be here, man. Real talk. Word, word. So I asked everybody who comes on the show. What are you listening to? What's in your rotation? What's uh what's spinning right now? Yeah, it's crazy because I was just looking at my like Apple Music's top 10 or top five stream artists of the year yesterday. Yep, that's so, time of year. Yeah, exactly. So right now, I, I think uh, Larry June is definitely number one for me. Um, okay, ever since okay. the summer, I've been going crazy with him. Wow. Um, you got Freddie Gibbs, uh, you know. I think those are like the top two for me right now. Then this sprinkles everyone else. I mean, Drake is always there. You know that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A A A. All right. So um, let's talk about the the origin of uh, of Envy because you said that the brand's been around since 2018, but I'm sure you've been designing before that. So I want to talk about um, like your early journey as a designer into the um the birth of of envy oh man that's a good question so i think when i first started out with design i was doing flyers for my student organization i went to university of albany and i was a pr chair so it was my job to do all the flyers like we had bowling night like fashion show like that's when i really started getting into to design for flyers or just like graphic design in general and then that slowly evolved into hey maybe I should try and actually do this with, you know, clothing because that's something that I actually wanted to do. I, I always wanted to do fashion. I was always into fashion, but you know, my skills were always self-taught, so it was like a long journey in the beginning. Okay. And um, you know, what like what the experience of designing in school, like what was the reaction um that you got from the people who uh who saw your work? Yeah, um, my first flyers were terrible. They were trash. <laughs> uh, like I was learning off of YouTube. I was in the library late nights, just trying to put something together that would please people. Um, first few tries, first few drafts were always, you know, can you change this? Can you fix this? The colors aren't really right. The font's terrible. 
But, you know, that, that just motivated me to get better. You know, the last thing you want to hear is someone tell you that your stuff is trash. So oh, elevation was my goal. And I just dug in and, you know, like, I just really, really tried to, to grind and just stay focused with it. Mm-hmm. So at what point did you think, um, well, at what point did you start to see some progress and, you know, some development in yourself? I think it was when I really started paying attention to like those small details. You know, mm-hmm. those are things that always get overlooked, like the colors that you use, different pantones for things, fonts, um, font selection, typography is something that a lot of people, you know, they kind of, you know, take it for granted, but it, mm-hmm. it really can set the tone or the direction for something that you're working on. If, if it's a flyer or if it's a garment, there's two different types of styles that you should be going, going with. Definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, as you furthered your journey as a designer, um, what were some of the things you would use as like inspiration around, um, around the world in terms of different art forms? So growing up, I was always into like hip hop, of course, you know, being mm-hmm. young, black and from, from Brooklyn, you know, I always gravitated towards people like Jay-Z, um, Rockefeller. I was re- real, real into like rock aware. I was wearing that Sean John. And then like a couple of years later, you know, you get Pharrell on the scene. So you start paying attention to Pharrell. He does a whole skateboard thing. Skateboard kind of like opened my eyes. So, okay, there's not just black people and Spanish people who exist in the world. There's also mm-hmm. white people as well. So um, I started, you know, going across with different cultures, seeing that. And then really, really when I paid attention to Pharrell and that whole scene, you know, Bape started coming around. And then now I'm starting to pay attention to Japan and like Tokyo, other cities that really have great street culture. And that's when I started really just trying to see how can I incorporate that into my life and why it was just so fascinating to me. Mm. Um, all right. So before you got to college, was there any... Um, was there any dibbling, uh, dabbling in, in the arts or at all, or was it just when you got to college? Yeah, I think around middle school, that's when I really started trying to get into like, different types of art. I was real big into drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had art studio in my middle school. I went to, around that time, I was still in Brooklyn, but I was starting to like, I went back and forth from Brooklyn to Rockland County, like right outside of, of uh, of like Mount Vernon or the Bronx, it's like small, small county. It's like 20 minutes away. Everybody says it's upstate, but <laughs> yeah, it's right there. But anyways, I, I really tried my hardest to get into art studio. Um, you know, my artwork wasn't really the best, but there was potential there. And I felt, I felt very good about it. But when I asked my art teacher, he was like, you know, it's great. There's a lot of potential, but you're not quite ready to do art studio. You know, there's other things that you're missing in your work. So I think around that time, that's when, I really started experimenting with different things. Like I started painting a little bit. I started using um, pastels, oil pastels, started doing that on canvas, um, started doing self-portraits. So I drew myself, I drew my grandmother. So yeah, I think that's when I started dabbling with different arts, but it, it still wasn't digital yet. Like that was something that, you know, once I was exposed to that, that kind of blew my mind, but that was closer to maybe senior year of high school. All right. Well, let's, in terms of when you were getting the brand started, right? So you you got you had all of this inspiration and all of this um, experience trying different mediums with graphic design, with painting, with drawing. 
um, then you come to the idea in, in college that you want to apply this to fashion. Um, talk about the transition from um, wanting to design a garment into wanting to run a business. Yeah. So for me, I think that business mindset was always something that I kind of, you know, I was always around. Um, a lot of people that I idolized, they were business owners. Um, even I think my first job, uh, I was at like the age of seven. It was something small, nothing serious. Like I, I started sweeping hair at, at a barber shop, making like five to $10 a day. I was using that on like, you know, kid stuff, food, mm -hmm. ices, junk food. But that mindset was something that was always solidified in me. Um, just trying to seek discipline for myself. I think being a business owner, that's something that you have to have. You have to have some type of discipline. And when I was able to kind of sit back and say, what do I want in life? It was not only to run a business, but to put things into the world that last and things that really do resonate with people and, you know, somewhat pull the, pull the strings at people's hearts too, pull those cords. Word. So, um, when you got started, talk about that process. Um, like that first, uh, like the startup process, like, all right, you got um you got your first couple pieces, you know, you putting together your marketing campaigns. Talk about this journey. And um, were you alone or did you start forming that team immediately? So before we even get into Envy, I think, you know, I do have to backtrack a little bit because there okay. was a clothing brand that was a part of, that I was a part of uh, before I even started Envy in 2018. So mm -hmm. around 2015, um, I was a part of another streetwear brand, a clothing brand by the name of BFBT. Um, that was a bright black figure, black thoughts. And with that one, you know, it, it, that's the name. Uh, I always laugh at it because it doesn't really roll off the tongue. So it's like, how do you put this into marketing efforts? How do you put garments together that really do tell the story of what we're trying to portray and show the people who we, you know, we're trying to sell to? So that was like a journey. Um, I did that for like a year, year and a half or so, just under two years, maybe. And that really did, was like the learning curve for me, where it was like, okay, we can put things on a t-shirt, but it might not sell. It might not go well. And that was like a learning curve that I really didn't need if I really wanted to try and start Envy. So, you know, that, that business, you know, it didn't, it didn't end well. Um, you know, me and my partner split ways, you know, he did his thing. I went my route my route happened to still stay within fashion and that it took me maybe about seven to eight months to kind of really sit back and say what do i want my brand to be known for like what am i going to represent what are some of the things i'm going to care for the values like how am i going to go about doing that and that's when you know q4 of 2018 came around it was like like right before q4 started and that's when I, I released my first few collections. And around that time, Travis Scott's Afro World was, you know, the thing that was out right then. And, you know, I think a lot of those first pieces kind of catered towards what was hot at that moment, like very trendy, like smiley faces, like all over the place. So um, that that was like the, the starting journey for Envy around that point. That's excellent. That's very excellent. And um I mean, talk about how you felt around this time. Like, how did you feel going into it, um, I guess, solo after splitting, you know? Yeah, I mean, 
like even with that that trend at that time, it really did match my vibe of who I was because mm-hmm. I was still coming off of a high. Um, my my son was born April of that year, so I was like brand new father, like a brand like brand new job that I started earlier that year too. So everything was just kind of moving very fast, but I felt good, and it was the summertime coming up, so. Mm-hmm. I was I was outside, but I was outside in dad mode, going <laughs> like Bro- Brooklyn Bridge Park, you know, just out. But um, yeah, uh, I think around that time, I was just I just felt real good. You know, I was in a good place mentally, physically, and you know, it was just like you couldn't tell me anything. Like I'm gonna put this out. I'm gonna win the hearts of everyone with this first drop, and it, it had a lot of good reaction. So it, it it really did put me in a position to kind of say, okay, I can take this up a notch and people actually do care what I put into the world. And um, how did you like, how did your circle, how did your people react to you getting, hopping into this brand again after, um, you know, splitting from the last situation? Yeah, so um, I'll never forget my cousin, uh, one of my cousins that I grew up with, the first thing he said to me was, uh, it's about time you actually started putting some stuff out that I could I can actually wear, uh, because mm-hmm. with the, with the last clothing brand, you know the things were a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Envy, um, despite the name, of course, uh, with Envy, it's a little bit more. You know, we we try to do pieces that really do bring people back to a certain time in their life. Like especially being that we are most of the team is millennial, so we're talking. You know, th- those early pieces were. Uh, like early 2000 all-stars from the NBA team, like AI, Tracy McGrady, T-Mac, you know, Kobe, um, you know, so that was one of our first tees that really did sell very well. I think we did maybe about uh, like 50 to 60, um, you know, units of that shirt alone. And at this point, it's just me. Um, I don't have a team. So um, like around that time, you know, that was some of the you know, first initial feedback that I did get, you know, it's about time you started putting things out that people actually care to see. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's get into um, building this team. You know, Um, it is clearly, I mean, nothing short of impossible to do everything yourself when it comes to running a fashion brand. So, um, you obviously have to, you know, accumulate talent to surround yourself with in order to make the dream come true. And you have to, um, you know, surround yourself with people who are going to see the vision that you set out for the brand. And um, I want you to talk about how you um, go about that process, because I think a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah, Um, it's, it's definitely not not easy to build a team. I'll say that. And it's not easy to lead a team either. Um, so I think in my, in my nine to five, I do hiring for a living. So okay. I'm a talent acquisition or a recruiter. So with that, there are certain things that I look for in a person and just me knowing who I am at this point in life, I'm, I'm knocking at the door 30. Like I'm like four months away from turning 30. So at this point, I don't really think my personality is changing too drastically. So I really need people around me who can balance me out or, you know, challenge me when that time calls for. And those are some of the things that I look for, you know, those qualities. I look for that in my team. Every single person on my team has a role. And, you know, when I started out, it was just me for about a year and a half, almost two years. And then 
I brought a close friend of mine who I see as a brother to this day, and he's still on the team. Um, his name is Ivan, actually. So he was the first person on the team, and I worked with him uh, for before I started doing recruiting. I worked in sales as a sales development rep, and then I got promoted to an account executive. But the entire time I was working with him at this startup, so I I, I began to see his work ethic, and I knew he was serious. He took things serious. Even if he had his own process, the results were always, you know, they were always stellar. You know, he was always, you know, given good grace by any manager that we came in, in contact with. So that was the first person who joined the team. You know, I invited him in. And I think back to that time with him and we were on that, we were on a train heading back to, to Brooklyn from the city after work. And it was always just, you know, me venting to him, telling him like, what my vision was for Envy or just a clothing brand in general. Because at that time I was still with the first clothing brand. And that was like a like an awkward phase for me, just trying to figure out what was next for me because I didn't want to give up on fashion. So, you know, I owe a lot of credit to him when it comes to just getting my mind right in, into the next phase of what was for me at that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, there was him. And then, you know, I think like after that was, Mango, who started off just a model, um, you know, reeled him in. And then, you know, after that, we just really, really sought out to find four other people who could really try and execute the marketing and the campaigns, the, the best ability that we could you know, put into the world. All right. Um, so what would you, what category would you say the brand falls under? Would you say it's like a lifestyle brand, a streetwear brand, cut and sew, mm-hmm. ready to wear? Yeah. Yeah, definitely streetwear. Um, but we do, I would say streetwear lifestyle because there's like a whole other side of envy outside of just the clothing. You know, okay. we want to stand for something. We want to represent something. And that lifestyle aspect allows us to do that. Uh, whether it's just, you know, just trying to uplift our community, get mm-hmm. back to our community or just create safe places. Um, like we, we, outside of envy of New York, we do have like a whole separate side and that one is called Black Visionary Semi-Social Club. That was a play on, of course, anti-social social club. But, you know, we want to create our own version of that. Um, really just create a safe space where, you know, it's for creatives, of course, but also just dreamers. Um, that's part of, that's our slogan, design for dreamers and creatives alike. So with that in mind, you know, that Black Visionary Semi-Social Club, that side really was, you know, something where we wanted to create a piece or a garment you know, it just started off as a t-shirt and, you know, when we had that t-shirt, it was something where it it felt like we were giving a little bit of us to our community and saying, we see you, we hear you. And it was during a time where this was right before the riots and when the riots all started, like, you know, when the pandemic hit um, because of George Floyd, you know, we really did tap into that community even more. And we felt the love come back. I think a lot of black owned businesses did as well. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. there was a surge of, you know, support for black owned businesses but that was during a time where we really want to figure out new ways we could give back and figure out new and exciting ways that we can reel the community in and feel as though you know we were somewhat like a neighbor to our customers our supporter because you know that's what a neighborhood is so i think we did like an important support your neighborhood campaign where you know we did donations to black single mothers that were in need um, and there was just a few other campaigns or a few other donations that we started around that time. That I'm hoping that we can still continue into the future. That's excellent. Good to hear. 
Um, so what I wanted to know is, um, you brought up the pandemic. I wanted to know how did that time period affect the growth of your brand and, um, how did you make your way through it? That was rough. Um, we usually do like a small black history month, um, like capsule. And I'll never forget, we did like a small one. It was like two t-shirts and I think a hat. We did that in February of 2020. I'm pretty sure that's when, when COVID first like hit nationally, at least. It was so, Rumblings. Yeah, it was definitely Rumblings. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we had dropped it right around February. I think it was like mid to late February. And then like two, three weeks later, New York City shut down. Like even with that capsule, it was hard for us to get those shirts done because the print shops weren't really open the same way. Oh, and like, and we felt it too. Because when we, when I put that out, I remember looking back at the analytics for the website and it was like, we had like three sales and we made like a batch, like 30, 40 t-shirts. And we're just like, what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I watched the news and it's just like, this is making sense. Like at the time, my job wasn't really in question. So I didn't really feel what everyone else was going through. Mm-hmm. But, you know, weeks later, I'm starting to see people get let go left and right. And, you know, a lot of people are unsure of what the future is. And, you know, I start to actually like open my eyes and look around and it's like, whoa, like what's next for us? Like what's going to happen? We've never lived through this before. So I didn't, you know, a lot of us in Cuban probably yourself were like, what, what the hell is going on? Yeah. That was a very wild time. Yeah, I was. I, I remember. I remember recording a podcast episode, like talk, reading about Rudy Gobert touching mics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And the reality hit in. Everything, yeah. everything just came tumbling down, man. Yeah, it got very real right after that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I think for us, um, I, I forgot to miss like. For us, I know you asked, like, what were the challenges? So, mm-hmm. like, even, like, supply, supply chain issues, shipping, mm-hmm. like, even to this day, you know, the inflation is something we're still battling. Like, the still remnants of COVID oh, yeah. that are still everlasting. And it's just, I don't know. I'm tired. Tell I'm tired. tired. I'm ready for them to get the hell out of here with this COVID <laughs> stuff. But, you know, we, we got to deal with it. You know, we're mm-hmm. making it happen. Yeah. And that's what's up. That's what it's about. Yeah. Um. Okay. And, and speaking of that, that's actually a great segue, because I want to know, um, do you think that like the the space is av- do you think there's more space available for black designers today? Um, or do you think that like there's still like the outliers that shoot all the way up to the top and don't really leave any resources for the rest? So. When it comes to that, I, I, there's always space for people to come in. It just comes down to, you know, how open everyone is to letting them in. Because at the end of the day, you know, the the public, the general public, has the most power in those situations. Especially if you're just like a small independent clothing brand that's seeking to emerge, like similar to to us at Envy. You know, we're small. It's not like we had big capital ventures or any like big investors helping us out. Like everything is self funded, so. You know, it's all about like the people around you, supporting you, pushing you, just making sure as a black owned business, you're doing something that really does tie into your community or tie into the people that you're seeking to, you know, market yourself to. So a lot of it is on the black owned business um, or a lot of it is on the small owned business in general. But even outside of that, there are certain variables or certain you know, factors you do have to think about when you start a business. 
And that's resources, funding, um, just you know how you're going to go about doing certain things in a market that is probably most likely oversaturated. Um, mm. You know, so those are just all things you just have to overcome. You got to set yourself apart. Um, and I guess I'll, I'm curious to know, what do you see for the future of the brand? Like the next five years in terms of expansion, how do you um, see yourself expanding the product and and the lifestyle end of the brand so the ultimate goal like a lot of people don't know this but envy of new york is actually underneath uh, llc by the name of envy studios okay so at the end of the five years or hopefully sooner than that we would have some type of like in-house agency or in-house one-stop shop to provide support or resources to other you know, small owned or up and coming businesses that are seeking to, you know, grow their own brand or grow their own business in general. So that could be uh, graphic design, that could be marketing services, that could be print services, um, consultations for how to do certain things. Um, a lot of people aren't aware of like how to source manufacturers, especially out of, out of country manufacturers. So mm -hmm. that's a service that I want to provide other businesses. And it doesn't have to be clothing. Um, I have a good friend right now. It's actually uh, the godfather of my son who's starting a restaurant and um, just helping him secure certain things for his restaurant or his, his storefront. You know, it could be um, like signs, decals, um, you know, mugs, like custom mugs, you know, all mm -hmm. things that could be done in, in the U.S. or certain things that could be outsourced out of the country and brought, brought back in. So, that's excellent. yeah, that's, that's excellent. Yeah. Thanks, man. Very good. All right. Well, um, I think that's pretty much all I got, you know, um, almost, you know, so we uh, we're going into 2023. This is going to be year five for Envy. Yep. Um, yes. What are we looking forward to? Man, uh, we're trying to get more active with the events. You know, we, we just had like two events or collab with uh, different organizations for two different events, almost like a camp food drive, but it, it was like a party and you can still bring donations. That was real cool. We did that with Lips Cafe and um, the after dinner party series. Um, so just collabing with more people within the community, um, building those things, type, those type of things out. Um, and even besides that, you know, we're going to approach the way we release merchandise a little bit differently, um, really just up in the scale. Um, expectations, you know, we, we've kind of hit like a plateau, not really a plateau with how we marketed things, but um, we, the way social media is going, like you have to do more video stuff. We've done mm -hmm. a lot of photography kind of stuff, still images. So now we want to get more into like the, the visuals, like really telling people or showing people the stories with these campaigns and bringing those, those campaigns to life. Well, sounds good. Um, I actually did have another question for you um, yeah, because yeah. I, I saw that you guys were moving around a lot this summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys went to a lot of pop-ups, Atlanta, uh, yep. and a bunch of different other places. I want I wanted to ask you about that experience and, um, you know, connecting with people in different cities and things of that nature. Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Um, definitely eye-opening for me because you get so used to being in New York with someone like a bubble and you, you interact with the same people or the similar people who are connected to everyone else. 
Um, so going down to ATL, it was like an entirely new market, met a whole bunch of new people. Some people that were connected that I didn't even know would be at those events. We did Atlanta streetwear market and that, that spot itself just opened my eyes because it was like, it's an entirely other market that we should be tapping into. And if we're able to get outside of our New York bubble, then, you know, skies is the limit. You know, I'm thinking even envy of LA, Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that's kind of been on my mind. You asked about the five-year thing earlier. So like not just having envy of New York, but a whole other, you know, coast that could buy into, you know, what we're pitching and, you know, the story that we want to sell. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. It all sounds good. All right, my brother, it has been a pleasure having you on this podcast today. Um, yes. It's been a really great conversation, really eye-opening um, into your personal experience with your brand. And um, I guess I'm leaving the floor open to you to say any last messages and plug in your social media. Where can people find you online? Definitely, brother. I, mean, I appreciate you have for having me, for real, man. So um, you can find us at Envy of NY on Instagram. We have those websites, similar name. Um, envyofny.com is just like literally NY spelled out, um, you know, or if you type in Envy of New York, it'll pop up on Google too. So you can see us there. Um, and I would say before I get out of here, just hold your people close to you. It's a crazy time, crazy world that we live in. And if we're doing this business thing, you got to take care of the people that's around you because they're the ones that's going to help lift you up and see your dreams come true. And you can't take that for granted. That's all I got to say, man. Much love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, you guys, you know where to find everything versus myhistory.com. Make sure you're subscribing to the newsletter. And um, I'll see you at the next episode. Peace. Peace, peace.